When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Detroit Lions are 3-1 after taking care of business last night against division rival Green Bay at Lambeau Field. The Lions jumped out on a fast lead and were up by 24 points by halftime. Jared Goff went 19-28 for 210, one TD, and one pick. Chris Canty joining the party. Hey, hey. hey now. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You see, I got my purple on representing the Baltimore Ravens. You know, purple right. Fridays. We in the house. You know what it is. All right. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Chris, how good is this Lions team? I think they're in the conversation to be the third best team in the NFC. And I know what I'm saying because a lot of people have given the Dallas Cowboys that honor. But when you look at this Lions team, they can run the football, they can rush the passer, they can stop the run, and their quarterback plays relatively mistake-free football. Now, listen, Jared Goff didn't cover himself in glory at the beginning of yesterday's game, but he was able to bounce back after throwing an interception on the first drive with leading a seven-play drive that went the length of the field and ended in a touchdown. My point is this, when you got a quarterback that's capable of going into Arrowhead Stadium, the season opener against the defending champs, has the ability to go into uh, Lambeau Field in a short week and come out with wins, you got something good. This is a team that's physical. This is a team that's going to be in your face. They've got a dogged mentality, and I think they're on the ascent. Since week nine of last year, they've been playing really good football both sides of the ball. And again, I think they could be challengers in the NFC to the Dallas Cowboys for the third best team behind the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Detroit Lions are the one team that is not the Kansas, I'm sorry, that's not the San Francisco 49ers, that's not the Philadelphia Eagles, that know exactly who they are. The Detroit Lions come into every stadium with a game plan that they're going to be dogs up front offensively. They're going to run the football, they're going to exploit you with play-action pass. Defensively, they're going to try to find ways to scheme, they're going to try to find ways to put pressure, they're going to try to find ways to get Aiden Hutchinson's matchups in one-on-ones to give him a chance to win. They've now found ways in these last two games to get pressure because going into the third game against the Atlanta Falcons, this team only had one sack. You get seven sacks. You end the game on a sack. We're doing the stanky leg if we ain't Hutchinson after the last play, and they're starting to feel themselves. And we also have to remember, on the back end, you're missing C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who was your big pack uh, free agent pickup in the offseason at the safety position. Kirby Joseph, who was the Packer killer last year with the way that he was able to intercept Aaron Rodgers, and you still find ways to make plays on the back end and be competitive. I think that this team is built in the image of Dan Campbell. This is a team that we were making fun of Dan Campbell. We were talking about his pregame presser, uh, I mean his, his, uh, his um, introductory presser where he was saying, look, we're going to bite kneecaps. We're going to fight. If we get knocked down eight times, we'll stand up nine. And to now being a leader of men, to now having a team that believes they can go in to Arrowhead, they can go in to Lambeau and win football games. There was a time last year where this team was eliminated from playoff contention and the Green Bay Packers with the great Aaron Rodgers were playing for their playoff lives. They walked into Lambeau with nothing to gain, nothing to win, and knocked the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs. And not only do they 
do it, they do it with flair. They finish the game with the hook and lateral. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator who will not be there much longer, has found a way to make Jared Goff a person you look at, a player you look at, that says he can be the franchise quarterback on a perennial playoff contender, possibly a championship contender. This team, by the end of the season, if healthy, can be fighting with the Eagles, fighting with the San Francisco 49ers to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Well, this is a beautiful soliloquy that you just put forth, Ryan Clark, following up the beautiful soliloquy that Chris Canty threw out there. And I, for one, am incredibly, incredibly pleased. I'm touched by what y'all are saying because you're talking about a running game led by David Montgomery. You're talking about a defense that's had sacks, five or more, five or more sacks in back-to-back games for the first time in a while. You brought up the fact that Dan Campbell, you know what, he's changed the culture, whatever, and obviously they've got Green Bay's number. Why did you say that? Because they won four straight against Green Bay. That's why. It's not like they just won yet last night. It's not like they just won to close out the season finale, but they won four straight against Matt LeFleur and the Green Bay Packers. We are pleased with that. Absolutely so. So you got you, you, you got a defense that could get to the quarterback. You got a defense doing the stinky leg because their confidence is there. There's been an infusion of a new <laughs> culture that's in existence. You got a running game. You got a quarterback that's pretty much mistake-free, who, by the way, has experience getting to a Super Bowl, okay? And Jamison Williams isn't even there yet. And so we take all of those things into consideration. And even that is not enough to explain and crystallize and illuminate my happiness. What illuminates my happiness is that the great Chris Canty and the great Ryan Clark both, both said, whoa, 49ers, Eagles, but it ain't just the Cowboys. (laughs) So now there's another team in the NFC that has creeped up into the picture that has the potential to knock out the boys in Big D. I mean, it's a beautiful oh thing. I know, I've got no problem whatsoever. <laughs> it's a very beautiful thing. I'm very happy that you guys took the time out to make that point. Thank you so much. Thank so, Stephen, hey, listen, man. I know Dang. nothing makes your heart sing and makes you feel more joy than having doubt about the Dallas Cowboys. But they do it to themselves. The self-inflicted exactly. wounds from this team, the turnover woes, the red zone issues, them Be being the preach. most penalized team in football over the last two years, the quarterback Dak Prescott having 36 turnovers preach. in the last 34 games. All of those Keep things going. are concerns. And then overall, Mike McCarthy's game management and then the fact that their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed when it came to the run game out in the desert last right. week. Those are all things that make you take a step back and say, that's not winning football. And you know why it gives us cause to pause? Because those are all things that were the undoing of the Dallas Cowboys when it matters the most in the postseason against the San Francisco 49ers and, uh, I mean, basically against the 49ers the last two years. So I think those are the things that I look at and say, makes the Cowboys untrustworthy. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that the Detroit Lions are a more talented team than the the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not saying Dak Prescott is inferior when it comes to quarterback play in comparison to Jared Goff. What I am saying is there is one team that knows who they are and there's one team that knows who they are. There's one team that knows – there's one quarterback that knows who he is. There's another quarterback that doesn't know who he is. And that's where I struggle with trusting the Dallas Cowboys. I look at the Detroit Lions. This is a team that now has a stranglehold on the NFC North. 
they're, they're basically trending to hosting a home playoff game. So right, it would be right. an easier way to make a, a deep playoff run. So I, I look at the Detroit Lions because of all of those elements that we've already pointed out and the overall physicality and the t- mental toughness and say that I trust them more than I trust the Dallas RC, Cowboys right now. RC, just one little nugget before I give I, 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 I pass the, I put the, the baton to you. Uh, you know, Canty is a Super Bowl champion too, not just you. But what makes his Super Bowl so special is that he was in Dallas first and then had to leave in order to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point that out. I just want to point that out. Hey. I just want to point hey. that out. That's all. I didn't want to do that. I just thought it was necessary hey. to do that. You know what I'm saying? He had to leave hey. Dallas. He had to leave Dallas to go get one. Well, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I want Dallas to win the Super Bowl just so you have to talk about it. Like, that's truly <laughs> what I care about. I hope that they find a way just when it gets into the playoffs and that and Dak Prescott morphs into a Power Ranger because there's only one black Power Ranger, and they made him wear black. I actually met him before. He's a very tiny man. And so if Dak <laughs> Prescott can find a way just to be better in the most important times, I would love nothing more than to come on here on Monday morning after the Super Bowl, me, you, Molly, whoever it is, and be like, I told you so, but I just don't feel it happening. And it makes me so, so sad. But the thing about the thing about the Detroit Lions that I love the most is the Detroit Lions had expectations coming into this season. And the Detroit Lions have not had to have expectations for the last few decades. And there's a song, you can look it up on YouTube, it's called It's So Cold in the D. It's been cold as hell in the D for a very long time. And it's warming up more and more. You start the season off with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I don't care what you say about them, whether it's the fact that they don't have Patrick Mahomes, I mean the fact that they don't have uh, Chris Jones, the fact that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the weapons on the outside to throw to, Travis Kelsey is not healthy. It doesn't matter. You go in there and you find a way to win. And then you go to Lambeau for the second time in five games and find a way to win there. And that's a team that's had a stranglehold on the NFC North for the last three decades under Brett Favre, under Aaron Rodgers. And there is no fear for this team in going there. They believe they have the best quarterback in Jared Goff. And I think there's something to be said about what Brad Holmes has done as the general manager there. His first big move was to get rid of Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford only goes to Los Angeles and wins a Super Bowl. And now everybody can point to him. He was the first overall pick. You know he was uber talented. Look what he could do with something better. What else do you do? You get rid of TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson signs the biggest deal that any tight end has ever signed. But you draft Sam Laporta. And Sam Laporta right now is a better player than TJ Hawkinson ever was in Detroit. Brian Branch, a star. David Montgomery, a star. Amon Ross St. Brown becoming a star. There are so many players in Detroit now that epitomize what it's like to be a Detroit fan. To be rough, to be tough-minded, to be physical, to be violent, to be steadfast. All of those things are who this team are, and that's why you trust them more than Dallas. Yes? I'll hand it to Chris in a second, but are we sure LaPorta's already better Better than Hawkinson. Yeah. I mean, you, that's, that, you sure? I mean, he, he was just got drafted. He just played, just, just played three games now. I mean, we just going to sit out the three games? Well, Stephen A., Chris he's showing his right? people. 
He's cheaper. <laughs> I know he's cheaper. He's I know he's cheaper. But already? I mean, damn, I see that there's, there's, there's three games. There's three games. Bro, if – if you watch what Sam Laporta not only does in the short intermediate pass game, but go back okay. to the Atlanta game with the corner post that he sells in the zombie route where Matt Jared Goff is walking up to the line of scrimmage and he looks at his boys. He looks at them. He's like, we got this one. We got one. He knows exactly where he's going with the ball. And more importantly, he knows exactly who he's going to with the football. That's the type of faith that this dude has and that he has earned in his third game. It was his third game as a Detroit Lion. And he goes for 60. And then you go back to you go back to watching them play inline football in the run game, and he's a part of that as well. I believe that Sam Laporta has an opportunity to be an absolute star at that position. But also think about, you go Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, early first round, and you're kind of like, oh, I don't know about those picks. And the next two picks are Sam Laporta and Brian Branch. This team is put together in a way to have lasting power. It's not about flash in the pan. Go ahead, Canty. Go ahead. Yeah, you got to have guys that can contribute on their rookie contracts. That's a part of being able to win in a salary cap sport. Brad Holmes has done a great job. But, RC, I want to expand on the point that you were making about Jared Goff because I do think there's a stigma attached to him being jettisoned from the L.A. Rams and then that team taking Matt Stafford and winning a Super Bowl in year one. A lot of people were on the fence about Jared Goff and what he could be, what his ceiling is. And, And what I'll say to that is this. He's been a really, really good quarterback the last two years in football, and I don't think people recognize just how good this dude has been. He is top five in QBR. The other quarterbacks in front of him, Josh Allen, Tua, Pat Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts. That's the company that Jared Goff is keeping. So when we talk about who the third best team is in the NFC and who the second best quarterback is in the conference, Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions deserve consideration for both of them. So, again, when it comes to quality quarterback play, not necessarily a guy that's going to be a force multiplier, but a guy that's also not going to be a detractor, that's what gives me faith in that Detroit Lions offense. It's because Jared Goff has been steady. And this has been a person that's quarterbacked a team that went to a Super Bowl. That type of experience matters when you have a locker room of relatively young players that hadn't been there, hadn't done that, don't understand what postseason football is all about. So, again, nobody is saying that the Detroit Lions are more talented than the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody is saying that Jared Goff is better than Dak Prescott from a talent standpoint. What I am saying is, right now today, I trust what I'm going to get from the Lions week to week more than I trust what I'm going to get from the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, and Mike McCarthy. And that is an indictment on the Cowboys in and of itself. That's good enough for me. All right. The Lions are 11-3 since the start of November. And shout out to David Montgomery. Five rushing touchdowns already this season. Hey, Molly Karam here. And thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. 
Earn unlimited 2x miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Let's focus on the Jags, who had a lot of promise after last year's player performance. Trevor Lawrence has gone off to a rocky start this season with a 41.6 QBR rating and only found the end zone three times to go with two interceptions through the first two games. Essay, how concerning are Trevor's struggles this season? I'm very concerned. I got to admit that. What is it, 26 points over the last two games? Really? This is Trevor Lawrence we're talking about here. I'm looking at them one and four against the Texans, by the way, and they were favored in all four games, okay, uh, that they lost. And so it really, you look at them going about to go up against Texas, that's a problem in and of itself, but didn't take it a step further. I mean, just think about how he ended last season. Five consecutive regular season game wins, eight, eight touchdown passes, only two sacks. Team is averaging 29 points. You get you down 27 to nothing in a playoff game. You come back. You overcome that. We had a lot of expectations coming for, for, for Jacksonville coming into the season, especially since they acquired Calvin Ridley, who was out last year. We know how mm-hmm. this brother is. And so to have that additional weapon, to have Doug Peterson as your coach, you know something about coaching offenses and coaching uh, quarterback obviously as a Super Bowl champion, and then to put yourself in a position where you're looking the way that they've looked thus far. I don't know what the hell is going on, RC, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I'm incredibly surprised to see them as the 21st-ranked scoring offense. I really am. I expect it better from them. All right, my dog's going crazy, so I apologize. But when you look at these games, you really have to dive into them, though, Stephen A. Let's go back to Kansas City. Kansas City, they had all of these opportunities inside the red zone. There were two misses to Calvin Ridley that he just couldn't get one of his feet down. There was also a miss to Evan Ingram. And now you go to this game against the Houston Texans. Calvin Ridley drops a drops a, a fade ball from the slot that will put them in the deep red zone. They come back, they kick a field goal, they miss that field goal. Now you get to the next drive, it's another drop by Kelvin Ridley on third down. If he catches that football, then you get a field goal that's blocked on the next play by Will Anderson. And so there are just some near misses that's happening with the Jacksonville Jaguars that could be a sense of timing, that could be a sense of experience and playing together. I also think they ought to start feeding Travis Atien and Bigsby, Tank Bigsby, a little bit more. So I'm not ready to panic on Trevor Lawrence. I will say this. I had him marching his way are ascending to being an MVP caliber quarterback. And we aren't seeing that play, that success, or that sort of production out of this team. So part of that is me being wrong about what they do early on in the season. But I still feel like there are some near misses. And if they fix those things, this team could be right back where they were, which is the playoffs, the same as last year. Before you jump in real quick, I just wanted to say that the Jags do have the highest drop rate in the NFL. I was getting ready to go there. Okay, I was getting ready yeah. to go there. That's why I was going to piggyback off of that and say to Ryan, 11% drop rate, second highest in the National Football League. So you have a point there. Um, speaking of, uh, hold on, I got people in my ear. A lot's happening right now. We got dogs. You know, things are going on. But I also want to mention it is a chance <laughs> for Calvin Ridley to show out against his former team. So I hope they get it together. RC, what's your dog's name? My dog's name is Zuri. She's a massive, massive dog. She's a giant schnauzer. 
I love it. I love the name, too. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today that's macy's.com slash gift finder thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day he may be a vet and one of the greatest to ever do it but he's still working like a rookie the lakers season begins october 24th versus the nuggets and lebron is getting ready here's lakers jam rob palinka on king james it's staggering for a player that um has 20 years you know under the hood already and is preparing for 21 like he's a rookie. Um, I think he's been doing, you know, six a.m. workouts. Probably been in our building as much as any player this off season. Um, been in the weight room as much as any player. Um, I think every team LeBron's played for, it's pretty uniform that um, his work sets the tone and. There has been nothing but an increase in, in seeing that here. So to me, it's, it's let's be about it. Let's not talk about it. And he's definitely been about it this offseason. Eze, how impressed are you with LeBron's consistency and longevity? Well, I've said this on many, many occasions. The greatest gift LeBron has given us all um, it's not just necessarily his talent, but his dedication. Um, when you think about guys who've played 21 seasons in the National Basketball Association, there are only five. Vince Carter, Robert Parrish, Kevin Willis, uh, Kevin Garnett, the big ticket, and of course, Dirk Nowitzki. Those are only five. Nobody else in NBA history has given you 21 seasons, and certainly nobody has given it to you at the level of play that LeBron James has given it to you. So his greatness is, is, is not to be questioned, but the level of dedication to his craft and to his conditioning, that's really where we all need to marvel at, 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 and appreciate what he brings. He could have easily cheated the game in that regard, and he's never done it, ever, not one time.
Absolutely. Can't wait to see him this season. And can't wait to see our slate of college football games. It's an impressive one that we have, and we know the celebs will be out at this one. Colorado at eighth-ranked USC. A coach prime in the Buffaloes will look to bounce back after a blowout loss against Oregon that knocked them out of the top 25 rankings. But it'll be a tall task as we take a look at the odds of this matchup. This is the second straight week and the third time overall this season that Caesars has Colorado as a three-touchdown underdog. The odds in history are against the Buffs is they're 0-16 all-time against the Trojans. Where's Desmond Howard? There he is. Not conducting a board meeting. Now he's ready. <laughs> Sweet office you have there. All right, Des, what happens if Dion and Colorado are blown out again? Well, guys, I think that what, what gets lost in this story is that this is a classic David versus Goliath. And people, I think, they don't realize that. Don't forget, this is a Colorado team only won one game a year ago. So they're the role of David. And they're going up against Goliath. USC, perennial powerhouse in the Pac-12, reigning Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams. And so if Goliath beats David, do we ever cheer? Do we ever celebrate? No, it's, it's only a story if David beats Goliath. And the problem is you're going into this battlefield, David is, without one of their big weapons. They got the, the slingshot. They got Shadur Sanders. But then you don't have the, the rocks inside the slingshot because Travis Hunter, their superstar two-way player, was, uh, was injured on the cheap shot a couple of weeks ago when they played Colorado State on that hit right there. Still don't know why that young man wasn't throwing out the game. And it lacerated Travis Hunter's, um, I think his, his, his lung, lacerated his yeah. lung. And so now he's been out for a couple of weeks. So, you know, you go in the battle against, against Goliath, and um, it's only a big story if, if David prevails. If Goliath does what he's supposed to do, we're like, okay, ho-hum, no problem. Right. Yeah. Well, By first the way, of all, guys, it was, it was it, his liver. Oh, it was his liver. Uh, as opposed to his lung. Let's just make oh, sure. His liver. His liver. That's his it. His I'm liver. sorry. His liver. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. It's all right. Uh, that's number one. Number two, here's what I would say. Um, you're absolutely right. There's no doubt about that, Des, because it is a classic David versus Goliath. And I, and, and in defense of, of Dan Lanning, coach at, at, at Oregon, who brought attention to himself, I didn't blame him for being disgusted when people were coming at him over that. Yes, he was trying to bring attention to himself and reap some of it, but it wasn't really a shot at Dion. It was really a shot at the media for all the attention we've thrown in the direction of a program like Colorado, who was 1-11 last year, and then Dion has done a phenomenal job that he's done this year because you're going to have coaches who are saying, wait a minute, we've been winning, or we think we can win, or we think we are better, et cetera, et cetera. But that's neither here nor there because nobody can deny the greatness of, of prime time and and what he brings to the table, particularly from a, a, a recruiting perspective. And the other point that I want to bring up real quick, Des, was this. Prime said to us when we were at Colorado, I'm seven to eight dogs away. So he knows he's not where he wants to be. But that's what he says. Did you agree with that statement? Yeah, he also said, make sure you take your shots at me now because I'm coming. And I agree with that because I understand the impact that Coach Prime has had on college football as a whole, the impact it's going to have as far as recruiting is concerned. I do believe that he's a guy who um, can, can pretty much recruit the country. And a lot of people are going to want to send their kids to Colorado to play for Coach Prime. So I do believe he's only a few dogs um, short of where he wants to be. No doubt about it. 
I got this one question. Uh, I'm sorry, Molly. I got to interject. And and, and Des, I I didn't plan on asking you this, but I got to. I got to. I I had a good time in Colorado, but damn it, I ain't never been to Boulder, Colorado. I ain't never been to Boulder, Colorado. I never had a desire to be to Boulder, Colorado, okay? I'm just going to be real with you about it. And when I think about him there, and I know he's not thinking about it because he's grateful to have the opportunity he has, and that's all he's thinking about. When you think about a college program that would be ideal for him, I came on the air a few weeks ago. I said if I like to, if I want to see primetime anywhere, it would be Texas A&M or Florida. Am I wrong in saying something like that? <laughs> am I wrong in saying something like that? And I'm just, I'm saying, am, I, uh, am I wrong in saying I wish that? Am I, I'm talking about it in terms of my wish. Am I wrong in that? No, not at all. Um, I think that you, you know you got to keep in mind that Coach Prime is a is a Florida boy. He he always talks about that. He says it. So to get him down and um, in Gainesville uh, would be pretty interesting. I don't think that's something that now obviously he's a Florida State alum too. So then there may be a little conflict there. But Texas A and M, you're talking about unlimited resources at, at his money. disposal, so to speak, and uh, we. Yeah. Oh, oil money, bro. Oil, oil money. money. That's so right. you give him that, the sky is the limit if you put him in that setting, that situation. So I don't think that you're off at all um, wishing that for Coach Prime and yourself. You go. Des, let me ask you this. Could Shador get back in the Heisman mix if he goes out there and has a good game against SC, even if they lose? Molly, that's an excellent question because I, I always judge like um, teams and individuals who are going for awards not only by what they do, but who they do it against. And because, you know, Shador started off with a 500-plus yard game against TCU. TCU was a team that we saw in the championship against Georgia. So that's why his name became a Heisman hopeful. And then after that, the, the, the Colorado State game, to go 98 yards with the game on the line, and not only score the, the, the game, uh, well, the six-point conversion, but they convert, I mean, the six-point touchdown, but then they convert the two-point conversion to send in overtime. Like, those are plays, those are things that Heisman campaigns are made of. Now, USC, if he's able to go toe-to-toe with Caleb Williams and, you know, even if he loses, if his numbers are great, if his numbers are big, then I think he's back into the Heisman conversation. And they still got some good games down the road. Big games are what, what it's all about, performing in big games. And so, to me, he has those opportunities down the road starting Saturday. And if he's able to perform well in big games and walk away with a W, then I think his name will be back in the Heisman race. I want to state for the record, I completely and emphatically disagree with that statement that you just made. And it is no knock against your expertise, which is brilliant, <laughs> you know, covering college football. It is no knock against Shador Sanders. I love this kid. He is spectacular. It ain't his fault that you damn don't have a damn offensive line that can protect you for crying out loud, getting sacked every other every other down for crying out That's what it feels like, the abuse that he's been subjected <laughs> to. I mean, it's not his fault. The kid is spectacular. I, I love him. I love his game. I love the whole bit. But when you get blown out on national television by a top 10 team like Oregon, when Bo Nix is balling mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people that were saying he deserves that kind of shine, I don't know how Shador Sanders overcomes that <laughs> to get into the Heisman, I, 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 the Heisman equation. I don't know. It, it was so lopsided. It was so dominant. 35 to nothing at half. It was so dominant, uh, uh, Dez. I, I don't know how. I don't know how he can overcome that for a Heisman chase. I don't. <laughs> 
Stephen, Stephen A, Stephen A. It's like it's like boxing, right? If you're going up against a contender and you don't perform well, then people are going to say, okay, you're not ready. But if you go up against a champ, meaning Shador Sanders going toe-to-toe against Caleb Williams, the guy who right. won the Heisman a year ago, right. and he shows well, people are not going to really think about what happened the previous week with Bo Nix. Once you're going toe-to-toe with the champ, who is Caleb Williams, as far as the Heisman Trophy is concerned. So that's what I think that'll help him build back up in the minds of, uh, of a lot of voters. And then I'm looking at the schedule. Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, Utah. I mean, and listen, I respect the hell out of Utah, too. They ruined Caleb Williams' hopes last year when in USC in terms of getting to the college football playoff. But let me tell you this. I respect them. It's a decent schedule. But 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 that 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 ain't the pack t- that ain't the SEC or the Big Ten. I'm just saying, Des. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hope you're right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Steven, Steven, yeah. Steven. Let me let me tell you. Let, let I, you know. I agree with you as far as the competition is concerned. But with all things being equal, the Pac-12 is the most competitive conference in college football yeah. this year. It's not even close. Right. Oh. Like mm-hmm. we talk about it. All the time, they got a lot of. They got a lot of ranked oh, yeah, teams. They have a lot of. That's why teams. it's going to be a damn shame that a year from now they won't exist. But yeah, the Pac-12 right now is the strongest conference in college football. Yeah, competing against each other, equal level of. You talk about parity existing within the conference, but when we talk about the big dogs, you understand? We ain't think about Pac-12 really. I mean, Oregon, we hope it, but we ain't really think about the Pac-12. Now let's let's let's, let's pump the brakes on that. The parity is there, competing yeah. against each other, but the big dogs. Oh, no. I'm putting you on the spot here so you don't have to answer, but you mentioned boxing. Any uh, predictions for this weekend? Ooh. Ooh. Canelo, Charlo, oh, what are you thinking? Wow. Canelo? Is it a Canelo fight? Canelo and Charlo. Canelo yep. and Jamel Charlo. Canelo yes. fight? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, Saturday night. Vegas. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like Charlo, the twins. But I think I'm going to have to go with Canelo. I just think Canelo is a little bit more battle-tested. And I'm, I'm a boxing. I love boxing. Like, I'm aficionado when it comes yeah. to boxing. I think the twins are good, but I got to go with Canelo because he's battle-tested. And, and, right. and listen, if one thing I know about boxing, those Mexicans, man, they don't go out on their back. Like, you're going to have to beat them to submission for 12 rounds. And Canelo is a tough Mexican. So, listen, I'm going with Canelo in a decision. Okay. Well, SA, you got to save your breakdown for later. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, I'm yeah, not saying. I'm not. Say saying, I'm not giving my take. I was Way just going to say to you. I was just going to say to you that you know I'll give my take a little bit later. Make sure you watch it. Tune in in, in a few minutes. But I, I've seen a few. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've seen a few Mexicans go down on their back. I, I love. I love a, a bunch of a bunch of the Mexican <laughs> fighters. Got nothing but love for them. But I have seen uh, a few right. drop. Hey, I'm Molly Caram, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, my highlight of the week was Mad Dog because he's just out of control when he does that segment. And Mark Cuban was pretty hilarious yesterday, too. Can I tell y'all, listen, can I tell y'all I'm driving through. I'm I'm driving yesterday. And sometimes you can see those big screens and television or, you know, literally driving in the street and some television networks have it. Fox News had on Mad Dog segment from this show. No. Literally. It's hilarious. Yesterday. Playing, playing, playing him talking about Taylor Swift. Hilarious. People right. in the streets watching. Watch. I know Mad. I know Mad Dog don't care nothing about no Taylor Swift. Not, no. not at all. He yeah. sat up there. He went like this. He said, "Yo, yo, Ron." He said, "He said, how do you, how do you get introduced to mommy and daddy after two minutes?" <laughs> He's not. That was hilarious. He said it's that woman still, still, he said it's woman still ain't met his mama. <laughs> You gotta be there for one of those segments in Hilarious. person. It is absolutely I know it's not your day, but it is Ooh, bro, that's Hilarious. funny, bro. All right, let's talk this fight, guys. A uh, huge fight night this Saturday. Jermel Charlo, Canelo Alvarez for the undisputed super middleweight championship. This is Jermel's first trip up to 168. SA, talk to me. <sighs> By the way, I'm going to interview uh, Jamel Charlo on my podcast today, the Stephen A. Smith podcast, uh, this afternoon. I'm very, very, very worried for him. And the reason I feel that way is that, first of all, he's a, a sensational boxer, high bo- uh, boxing IQ, the whole bit. My issue is that he's moving up to weight classes. His twin brother, born a minute before him, is the legitimate super middleweight champion like as, as, as you know in terms of his size that's his weight class Jam- that's Jamal Jamel who's fighting Canelo is moving up to weight class obviously his brother's got some issues he's dealing with and Jamel is fighting but he said he was the one that always wanted this fight because he believed that he could beat Canelo my issue Canelo Can- Canelo's a monster RC he's one of the great ones yeah there is no doubt about it um and I think the key to Charlo beating him is to box him, stay away from him. Stay away from him. And I'll point him. You don't want to get into a slugfest with Canelo Alvarez when you are the smaller guy. I don't care how big he looked, uh, you know, you know, in a, in a pre-fight promotion. I don't care about it. Tall. Yeah. And I want to hear that. He's been fighting yeah. at 154. Hey, he ain't been in the ring. Excuse me, one sec, RC. Did did you feed Zuri today or walk Zuri or give her water? (laughs) I have been doing television with you for like six years. I've never heard about Zuri going wild like this. Like, what's going on? Well, something's wrong with our air condition, and Zuri is like a she's a trained protection dog, and so the air, the AC guy is walking in the hallway, and I just think she wants a piece of him, and so <laughs> this is what this is what we get, you know what I mean? Dogs going to dog, and I can't apologize to Zuri doing exactly what she was trained to do when I'm away working. So that's it. But I will say this about the the fight though, Molly, like it's when when you move up weight classes the way that Jamel is moving up, you have to have something on 
on your side. And so normally the smaller fighter will move up because he's more skilled. You know, we've seen that with uh, Roy Jones when he moved up to fight. Even Canelo moving up recently to fight, I think it was in a light heavyweight. But the problem is, is, is this. Canelo is as skilled as Jamel Charlo is, if not more skilled. He's a great defensive fighter, and we've seen him lose to Floyd Mayweather early on in his career, and because of that fight, his defense improved. Because of that fight, he worked on his skills to add along with his power, and then later on in his career when we saw him lose, it was just because he was the smaller man. And so I think those are the things that Charlo is going to have to contend with in this fight and why I go with Canelo. I believe he's just as skilled if not, if not more skilled, but also the bigger fighter used to carrying that weight. And so this is going to be a very difficult fight for Jamel Charlo. I, I, I just think that, I, I think listen, Charlo, if Charlo is such a courageous fighter and he's so gifted, the people don't give him enough credit and I believe in his skill set. It's just that Canelo's the kind of guy, Molly, and RC knows this. Canelo's the kind of guy if you cannot hurt him because you're the smaller guy, he will walk yep. through you. And my thing is, I mm -hmm. know that Charlo's got power. I've seen the power, but that was at a lighter weight class. Moving up not one, but two weight classes to take on this dude, I think is a tall task. I think Charlo should be favored. I'm sorry, I think that Canelo should be favored. I'm praying it's yeah. a decision. I don't want Charlo to get knocked out, but I will say this real quick. I'm upset that Canelo hasn't fought the Mexican monster, as Mike Tyson calls him, David Benavidez yet. That's the man. Benavidez. Yep, Benavidez. That's the That's man the that he should be fighting. That's the fight. At super middleweight. And I'm tired of people avoiding David Benavidez. That brother's special. He's special, Molly. Going so hard, though. In both hands. He is special and fast, too. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. The Chiefs uh, won the AFC in the Super Bowl last year. Let's take a look at some betting odds for teams to win the conference. Caesar Sportsbook still has the Chiefs as the favorites to repeat as AFC champs. Miami and Buffalo just behind them, while the North Division has three teams with 10 to 1 odds or better. Ryan... Are the Chiefs still the team to beat in the AFC? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Murray's I think the, cute. Say hello, like Nuri's a killer. Say hello. Say and her coat is so shiny and beautiful. Zuri. You do say wash her. Say hello, guys. Her. Yes, we 
take care of her. We take care of her. Um, now, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are still the team to beat. I think the thing that's going underestimated about this team is the fact that they're so good defensively. Like, this is a team with, with Chris Jones. And even if you go back to the first game against Detroit, they only gave up 14 points. Now, with Chris Jones playing, you have those young defensive backs on the backside, uh, whether it's Sneed, Williams, all of these guys playing at an extremely high level. Now, you have Justin Reed being the leader on the back end, Willie Gay and Bolton inside. I think that this team is extremely good, and they're starting to find their way offensively as well. I'm just of the mindset that it's the Miami Dolphins right now. I haven't seen an offense this explosive in quite some time, this efficient in quite some time. They run the football. They can throw the football. They can throw it deep. They can give you a five-yard drop pass and all of a sudden watch Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle take it to the house. I haven't seen that, and their defense isn't that shabby either. I just think that the offense scares the living hell out of people, and I just think they are that dude. Hey. They are those dudes right now. RC, who walks Zuri in the house? Him. Me. While the family I don't takes care of that. You take Zuri yeah. for walks around the neighborhood on a leash? Absolutely. I need to see video I do. footage. I do. We, actually, I don't, I don't have to put on a leash. She listens. It just gets too hot in the summer, so we can't do it. <laughs>